0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three of Stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito And we welcome you to this edition of Night Shift here on the Black and Gold Bannerette. I'm Eric Lopez. As UCF victorious by a final score of 14 to 10 as UCF victorious here on a great win there, uh, winning the deal there. So I'm Eric Lopez here. Coming up, we'll be joined by hopefully by Trey Neal here shortly to talk about this victory as the Knights were uh, defensive-minded, if you will, winning this football game. As the Knights are bowl-eligible. We'll talk to Trey Neal, hopefully, on that. Plus, what's ahead against SMU. That and much more coming up. As you're listening here to, the course, Black and Gold Bannerette, you can like us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. And, of course, like us there. Give us a thumbs up. As well as you like us on Facebook. And as well as on blackandgoldbannerette.com. That's where you want to make sure that you follow all our great content Andrew Glukoff is at the game, and he will be certainly uh, going to be giving your knee-jerk reactions. So that should be a lot of fun, to say the least. Uh, so, without further ado, let's see what happens with this game, though, first. Ugly, a defensive game. Some would call it ugly. Some would call it a defensive stand. It depends on your perspective. All I know is UCF wins this game 14-10. to Thanks to their defense, as they held Tulane to 10 points, an offense that struggled through most of the game, couldn't get the running game going. Tulane, I thought, did a great job taking away UCF's running game. Isaiah Bowser clearly not 100%. But the thing that's encouraging to me is this team found a way to win with their defense. And I think that's a growth that's going to pay off in the long run from a football standpoint. And uh, I, I think that's a huge plus. That's a huge plus for this football team, that they found a way to win defensively. And I think this will, in the long run, make them a more of a long-term, better football team. I just think to try to win a game one-dimensional 45-42 can only take you so far. I know people love offense, but at the end of the day, having a defense to help you win the game helps out. If you look at the stats, uh, real quick here, as I will load up the stats there, you might see there. Tulane, 279 total yards, UCF 277. Tulane had 147 yards passing, 229 for Mikey Keene, who went 19 of 25, 229, two touchdowns, very economical. Tulane ran for 132 yards. UCF only ran for 48. This was a pretty close game, maybe closer than some night fans would have liked. But at the end of the day, it's about finding a way to win. UCF was held to 1.5 yards of carry. Tulane only 3.7. Both defenses were just the better, uh, really the two strongest positions today. Uh, you know, certainly offensively, there'll be a lot of questions there. And uh, but defensively they were tremendous. All right, let's bring in now our guest. He is, of course, former UCF DB, of course, the man who made the interception against Memphis, part of the 2017 national championship. I speak of Trey Neal, who's kind of adding black and gold bannered analyst to his title here. Uh great. <laughs> I'm telling you, every time you come to our show, defense is the story and no different today as UCF defensively uh won this game, honestly, a 14-10 victory over Chile. What was your initial thoughts on this game?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, defense played lights out. You know, I think, you know, they, uh that key sack at the end by uh 37. I, forgot, I, I always forget his name. You're a numbers <laughs> but, uh, that, guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, coach O'Leary was, so that's how I kind of, that was the first thing I kind of learned, but, um, yeah, he made a great play. Um, Bullard. Yeah. That's his name. Um, yeah, he made a great play at the end. The save, but I mean, overall defense, they played really well, really sound. Um, the blitzes were time perfect. Uh, you know, I felt like they played coverage perfectly. I felt like they, they played everything pretty great. Um, you know, and that's, again, they're building off and they look like a completely different team. Uh, even just two weeks ago, three weeks ago when they played, um, they look even better and a lot more sharper. So, I mean, that's really all you can ask for from that side. Uh, offense, they struggled a little bit, but, you know, when your defense is playing like that, let them play. You know, let those guys play and make plays. So.
0: Well, you mentioned Bullard. He had a nine total tackles, six solos, a sack. You mentioned that sack. That was huge down in that fourth. Mm-hmm. A great blitz call there from Travis Williams uh, mm-hmm. in that last drive that really Pratt didn't see coming. Kind of saw see what you uh, break down what you saw in that play because that was a big turning point in that drive because it looked like Tulane was going ahead to drive for that go ahead score but that blitz really mm-hmm. turned the momentum of that driver around.
1: Yeah, I mean it's one of those things where you know I see that uh, Coach T. Will he blitzes his DBs a lot which I like because uh, really the O linemen don't account for DBs for the most part. I mean unless they're standing like in the linebacker spot when they're when they're coming from the you know from the outside from the slot they're not accounting for them. That's where the running back has to pick up and. Um, I don't know if you noticed at the end, the running back was looking to the right. He should have picked up the uh, bullet on that play because he's a free hitter. The running back's supposed to scan and pick up, but he only stayed right, so the quarterback didn't see him. So I mean, it was just a it was a great play call. I think you know he blitzes, you know, bullet. He blitzes Hodges. You know, I, I love it. He blitzes the corners. You know, that's you know that's a fun way to play DB. Just from speaking DB, you know, that's definitely fun to play. And you know, he deploys him well. So I think that's why the defense is playing so well because he just you know. The play calling as well right now. You know, Trey,
0: this team kind of the last few weeks, this kind of reminded me of the 2016 team, which you were a part of, mm-hmm. where you had a freshman quarterback that's trying to learn on the fly, you know, unexpectedly yep. uh, due to injury to the starter. Mm-hmm. And the defense kind of had to carry the load. In 16, you all had to carry the load because the offense had yep. their ups and downs, but you really carried the load and get into that bowl game down to the cure bowl. And I feel like right now, that's where UCF is, where their defense. You look at their dominant against Temple, but they won the East Carolina game defensively, and here today against Tulane. Do you see some of the similarities there?
1: Yeah, I think that's where I, I told you a couple of weeks when I was on this. This team reminds me of 2016 so much. I mean, just you know, the not inexperience on offense, but I mean, there's a lot of young guys that are making plays, and then you're leading it at quarterback. I know O'Keefe's a young guy. Bowser is an older guy, but you know, they got a freshman at quarterback. So there's only, I mean people that complain about let's open up the playbook. I mean, you don't want to open it up too much because it leads to more mistakes because it's more thinking. Uh, you just kind of want, you know, let King just go out there and make plays. I think that's what it was in 2016, you know, trying to let let McKenzie just go out there and make plays. When you got a defense that was playing how well we were, you know, just let them make plays. And if you make some mistakes, you know, that's fine. Just don't make detrimental mistakes at the end. Um, And I think, you know, the way the defense is playing right now, that's a great comparison. That's the comparison I've made, you know. First year under a new head coach, new system, new scheme. You, you might start out a little slow, but, you know, once you start getting the grasp of things, that's what's going to happen. You know, they're going to start picking it up. And, you know, that's what they're doing right now. And the defense is playing. I mean, I, they're playing lights out right now.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you about some of the players. I want to go through some of the stats. T- uh, Bethune, 11 solo yeah. tackle, uh, 11 tackles yeah, total, four solos, half a sack, mm-hmm. uh, two tackles for a loss at a breakup. Just talk about him. He is really – Risen his game this season. Right now, to me, he's the def- among the defensive MVPs. Bryce Armstrong, eleven solo tack, uh, eleven tackles total, seven solos. He had a sack. We've talked about Bullard. Uh, you mentioned, you know, how about Hodges, who you were impressed with a couple weeks ago? Just at yeah. Hodges, five tackles total, three uh, solos, a half. Of, you know, this, this these are starting guys. Guys are starting to make plays and feeling more confident. We've talked about that before, Trey, but it's seen, We're seeing it on the field more and more, aren't we?
1: Mm -hmm. yep exactly uh i mean i told you i've been talking about uh bethune since he's first got there um he's i mean he's a stud man i've talked to a lot of guys that played linebacker in the past you know like pat you know shaquan a lot of those guys and i mean i talk about you know some of those guys now and he's a stud i mean that's one of those guys that's going to be playing you know hopefully he'll play a lot of football but um yeah he's playing really well really solid um you know, 30, he's finally settling in. I know I, earlier, I, you know, I was kind of, you know, he looked kind of a little lost earlier in the season, but now he's settling in, you know, as kind of like hybrid backer safety kind of guy, and I can play well in space. Um, so he's playing really well. You know, I've talked about Bullard and Hodges, but, you know, those guys are just, again, this is five and they're six and three now, Ball eligible. They're, this is nine games in. This is the trajectory. This is all you could ask um, is for the team to be, you know, continue to get better on that side of the ball. I know offensively people would want more, but I mean, we have, again, we have a freshman at quarterback. So, um, you know, that, that, that growth is going to be kind of limited, but defensively, these guys are playing and, and, you know, we're missing, you know, KD up front who's a monster. So it's just one of those things where the defense is only going to keep getting better. And then, you know, they get more experience, you know, they're going to finish this year out. Hopefully they finish it out strong and then they get to the off season where you can go back and watch tape and be like, Oh man, this is what I should do in this situation. So then, you know, as they get to the spring and then next year, they should be even better defense.
0: I agree. Get more exposure. Uh, UCF's running game was shut down today by Tulane. Uh, Bowser, who's mm-hmm. clearly not 100% healthy. Uh, they've yeah. even said that. He's held was held the 14 carries, 54 yards. Johnny Richardson had seven carries, 19 yards, but made some big plays there late, three catches, 26 yards. What did you see from uh, Tulane's defense that gave UCF problems as far as running rushing the football because they just were not able to run the football against late, and Tulane pretty much kind of said we dare you to beat you to beat us with the pass it seemed like Yep,
1: yeah, I mean that's 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 the game plan I would do for any freshman that's thrown in the fire I'm gonna stop the run and make a freshman beat me you know and there there are some guys well, I mean talking about like you know the Trevor Lawrence of the world who will beat you you know those are NFL guys but you know the normal freshman isn't you know they're not prepared to to handle that kind of stuff you know you want to kind of take the load off just as a coach you don't want the freshman to have to make all the plays you just want them to you know be comfortable make the throws and I, I think king did that today i think they took away the pass game um, and i think late you know i was i've been harping so much you know just talking to myself watching the game it's either a three-step drop or it's just take a deep shot and i'm like there's no really working that 10 to 15 yard middle of the field kind of throws for him but late that's what they were getting on. I mean, I know they converted along third and I think 13. Um, and that's, it's one of those things where, you know, if you can attack in the middle of the field and you can attack intermediate range and make those throws, then it kind of opens up a lot more. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you, they were able to do that. And then that, that was a great pass that he had early or late in the game to, uh, Brent uh, Johnson for that last touchdown. That was- Brandon
0: Johnson, yeah. Yeah. Transfer from Tennessee. His dad, of course, mm-hmm. Charles Johnson, former uh, Marlins catcher, great part of the World Series title in 97. That was a big mm-hmm. play, too. Second and 17. And, you know, Mikey, uh, you know, part of the issues I think at times, and I was talking to our guys, uh, Andrew Glukoff, and, uh, who was in the press box, and part of the issue has been receivers haven't been getting open. That's why I yep. think at times you've seen King get sacked. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's easy to dissect the quarterback position but these receivers haven't helped them at times either and i think that's why Mm -hmm. and part of that i don't know if that's chemistry i don't know what it is but that's been part of their uh, offensive deal but i agree with you i think from unless dylan gabriel comes back which we don't know uh as long as mikey keen is under center teams are going to dare him to beat him with the pass and and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know he's just kind of it's a tough learning curve for him I wondered, yeah. as a defensive player, because you, you were in the same boat in 16 when McKenzie was going through the growing pains.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: As
0: a defense, do you get a sense that, like, oh, man, our offense is in for a tough day. We got to kind of help him out here. Do you get that sense? Do you guys block that out? I've always been interested from a defensive player perspective. Do you notice that when the offense is going through growing pains?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. I think it's more so, you know, it's a mentality you have. I know in uh, 15 – where we lost a lot of games, we, we kind of a lot of the times would be like, oh, offense is doing bad. Well, I guess we can't win. Instead of, you know, taking the initiative for ourselves to be like, why can't we go win the game, you know? And I think that was the kind of mental switch that we did in 2016 was, you know, we were like, you know, we got McKenzie, a quarterback. Okay, we can't, you know, we can't change that. What we can change and what we can control is playing lights out on defense. And, you know, I think once we kind of bought into that, you know, we don't even worry about the offense. We used to tell McKenzie, if they went for it on fourth down didn't get it, we got you. You know, don't, we got your back. Don't worry about it. We're going to get a stop, and you're going to get back out there and go make a play, you know. And I think once you bounce that confidence off each other, you know, that's 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 all you can really do. And I think that, that kind of stuff grows. And, you know, and I tell people the story all the time. I remember we did that to them. We would beat them in practice all the time. I mean, every single day. And then it flipped in 2017, one day in camp, they kicked our butts. And then – Now this is the offense that people expect to see all the time, you know, and that's just, you know, it it happens and it's growing pains. And, you know, as long as the defense is keeping those guys up and letting them know they have their back as they have the past couple of weeks, you know, they're going to be fine. Well, and I think that, you know, I think that's
0: why I'm really excited that they won this way. Cause I know fans love the 52 45 games, but you know, I get it. But to me, we've seen the, the, you know, the faults in that in particular, the last couple of years, at some point, I feel that this is going to pay off in the long term. There better be a better, well, more rounded team. I don't think this team was a very good complementary football team the last couple of years. So the defense was left out on the field a lot. It's hard to recruit defensive players when you're being made out to look bad. So I, I think exactly. this is, even though it's not great to watch right now, I do think this is pays off long term that, hey, you can win here with defense. That's something that Gus addressed when he got here that he was all about mm-hmm. the defense and Travis Williams uh and I know you've been impressed with coach Williams and the defensive staff and what they've been doing there do you get a Definitely. sense that that people cuz I I think people forget during the frost era that defense was held accountable uh um, oh, yeah. you know and and made plays I think people have this idea that it wasn't but it really was like I remember Frost would even slow down the offense and mix it up to help your defense mm-hmm. uh, and adjust we haven't seen that recently, and I think fans now are just getting used to this. But I think this is a, this will pay off in the long run, not only from a on the field performance, but from a recruiting standpoint.
1: Definitely, um, you know, when I was recruited, that's what you know we were scoring points. But I just knew, I knew some of the guys how great they were at defense. You know, one of the guys that I was backed up with Clayton Gethers, who was, I mean, he's an NFL guy. So, um, you know, just coming from that, that's where I think you know with Coach Frost initially. We emphasized it a lot. I mean, we knew our offense would be great. I mean, he was—he's coming from Oregon, which at the time was one—you know—that was the—the—the the, the style that everybody wanted to have the Oregon offense. But um, Coach Chance, he was big on you know, as great as the offense is, why can't we be great on defense as well? And you know, I think once that kind of got lost over the past couple of years, is yeah, we're putting up a lot of points, but we're not stopping anybody. So the second that we struggle on offense then what are we going to do? It's not like the defense has any confidence. So, you know, I I don't think that they were playing with all that confidence. And now that you see them playing with confidence, you know, I think the offense, again, I think the offense is going to come along. um, And I think it's coming along well. I just think a lot of guys that are important are banged up. Um, You know, it it, it sucks to have, you know, when you have a junior quarterback, that's a a stud, you know, Dylan's a stud. Um, Just to have him lose him to injury, I think that just kind of halters what people expected. Because early on, I thought the offense was playing pretty well. Um, and the defense was the one that was kind of behind. But now I think it's kind of reversed. And you know, as long as they're winning games, that's all that matters. And as long as you know guys aren't pointing the blame as like, oh, the offense is terrible. No, the offense is just struggling, just like you guys were struggling earlier in the year. You know, I think once a day, if that's how it's going in the locker room, they'll be completely fine. But uh, yeah, we definitely 2016 and 17 We had we were accountable, and and whether we gave up a lot of points, and I tell people. I'm like, we were going up against some of the best offenses in the country that year, you know, uh, in 2017. You know, Memphis was the number two scoring offense in the country. USF yeah. was – I think they were top 10. SMU was top 15. So, it's not like we were going against slouches. We were going against NFL guys out there. So, um, you know, I think, you know, we were just optimistic and we we took the challenge and just accepted it. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, you know, that's what these guys are doing now. And I think that's – you know, I, I love watching defensive games. I'm a defensive guy at heart. So, you know, I love watching – slugfest I love watching low scoring games because every play matters and not just oh let's go throw a 75 yard bomb and then we're gonna go throw another 75 yard bomb and just keep doing it it's almost it's exciting for the fans but as a player it's like it's it's almost like a track meet you know and if I wanted to do that I'd go run track
0: (laughs) great line today's episode is brought to you by cars.com uh, this is the Black and Go better at night shift. I'm Eric Lopez alongside Trey Neal. UCF victorious, fourteen to ten. From a defensive standpoint, what are you seeing there from Mikey Keene There, are you? Are you, are you do you like what you see? Are you, there's some? You know, at times I feel like the things are still a little slow for him in reacting at times. And I and you, you mentioned earlier about you don't. That's probably one of the reasons you don't want to open up the playbook for a kid, if you know, because that could complicate things more. What are you seeing? From him every time he
1: drops back or is in the shotgun? Um, I mean, I think it's just again, I, I was taking this more they're they're more so trying to protect him, which I, I get it. Um, so a lot of the stuff is just gonna be three step, it's a quick read. Three step, make your throw. Um, or it's gonna be a max protect, let's throw it deep. So I I don't think they're really reading the progressions throughout the defense and reading what he's seeing is kind of there. I think they're kind of structuring it more so, hey, this is where you're gonna be looking to go for the ball through the or to the throw the ball to. And if you don't have it, you know, look for your check down. I don't think it's really like progression one, two, three, check down. It, because just because it's, you know, it moves fast. And, you know, as a freshman, it, that's a lot, to, especially in that quarterback, you have to know the protections. You have to know, you know, where the hot's going. Every, there's so much more at quarterback than any position. Um, But I think he's playing well. You know, I think, you know, he's going with the ball the right places. I don't think he's turning the ball over anything. You know, something crazy, an amount. I mean, it's just a normal amount of turnover that anybody would have. But I think he's being smart with the ball. I think he's playing confident. It doesn't look like he's losing any confidence, which, you know, I think is big. You know, I don't think he feels like he's limiting the team in any way. I just think he's, you know, running the game plan, which is that's all he can do. I think he's playing well, though.
0: And he's finding some chemistry. With Ryan O'Keefe, who had another big mm-hmm. game—eleven catches, ninety-four yards, and a touchdown. What are you seeing there from Ryan O'Keefe, who's really stepped up this game here over the last few
1: weeks? Yeah, with uh, with uh, Flash going down, he's he's the guy that's you know that right now that's had to step up. Um, it was a good little duo, a trio, good group of guys they had with Flash, uh, O'Keefe, and Brandon Johnson earlier. But with him going down, O'Keefe's kind of had to step up into that Flash role, which he's playing well. Um, so I think whenever they get all these guys back healthy again the offense is going to be really, really explosive. Um, but O'Keefe is playing well, you know, coming through jet sweeps, running routes, um, just he, – he's, he's using his track speed, you know. He's a 10-5, 10-4 kind of runner. So the fact that he can use that on the field, you know, it stresses out defense, and I think that's what, you know, Gus Coach uh, Malzahn is doing really well is just utilizing that speed because everybody on the field is not running 10-4, I promise you that. So the fact that you can utilize it, you know, he's doing it.
0: Why is UCF's running game uh, so different when Isaiah Bowser is in the mix and when he's not in the mix? And the reason I ask that is he's clearly not 100% healthy. Mm-hmm. We'll see what his status is moving forward. Today, the, every team's made an effort to shut him down. Mm-hmm. But when he's out, they tend to struggle in the past. Now, Richardson made some plays today, so hopefully
1: that's a positive step. What is it that makes Bowser so important to this team? Um, I think it's just, you know – it's a, almost an old-school type of football. That kind of back, I mean, he's a bigger back. He's 225, probably 230, 6'1 kind of guy. So every, every time you got to tackle him, you're going to feel it, you know. Um, so I think just having him, I know early in the year, they were running him 25, 30 times a game. So that kind of wear and tear on a defense, that opens up guys like Jay Flash, that opens up guys like Brandon, opens up guys like the tight end, and opens up the play action. When you don't have that that, not necessarily that run game, but that physicality of football, that kind of stuff kind of lets the defense kind of get, you know, juiced up. When that, we used to love playing teams that hated to run the football because we're like – we're going to bring – we're going to be the physical ones on the field. But we – I mean, it's not like we hated hitting, but we don't want to play a team that's just going to run and hit and hit and hit every single play because it wears you down. but then when you got to cover the pass, you're wore out and you got the receivers who are fresh. So, um, you know, I think that's what Coach Malzahn kind of misses with – uh bowser and i think that you know if you can get him healthy and he can you know kind of get back to playing that physical like how he was earlier in the year i think the offense will take another step as well and open up kind of a lot more for you know the offense and the motion and the jet sweeps and stuff
0: now this team will get set to take on smu next week smu is struggling they've now lost Mm -hmm. two in a row they lost to memphis earlier today they have a dynamic offense with mordecai at the quarterback galcaterra yeah. tight end, both oklahoma transfers sunny dykes offensively. Mm-hmm. i don't know how much of smu you've seen but what are, yeah, seen what are you've seen what's your thoughts on smu now give me an early uh, uh, preview I mean, here on
1: smu uh i mean th- that quarterback and tight end they're, they're really good um i know i, I remember watching them in oklahoma and it's ex- an explosive offense that's the same guy that's been there when we were playing so i mean he's going to keep on uh They're going to score points, and, you know, I think that that's going to be a great challenge for the defense to kind of see where they're at, you know. These teams that we played recently, I'm glad that we're holding them to 14 points because guess what? That's what we're supposed to do against these kind of teams. You know, we're supposed to hold them to less than seven points, less than ten points. That's what we're supposed to do. But once we get challenged, like when we're playing a Cincinnati team who's explosive on offense, I don't want to see us shut down against them. You know, they're going to – points are going to get scored. That's what great offenses do, and it's an offensive type of game nowadays with how they're refing it and how they're calling it. But, um, you know, I just want to, you know, hopefully that when we play SMU, you know, guys are just flying around making plays. And whoever, whoever is the most physical team is most likely going to win most of those kind of games.
0: What do you want to see from this team now in that game and even moving forward, uh, either offensively or defensively? What are going to be some of the keys for this team? Because the, the SMU offense will present a different challenge for this yep. defense. With all due respect to Tulane and Temple, this is a dynamic mm-hmm. offense and they're going to be on yep. the road. What are some of the things they got to have to do?
1: Um, I mean, again, it's going to be a road game. You're you're, going to be going up against a team who early on was looking like they wanted to get a shot at Cincinnati for this – uh the conference title. And they were playing real confident. I mean, they were a top 25-ranked team, and they were playing with confidence. Now they're going to be coming off of two losses. They're going to be pissed off, and they're going to be getting them at home. So it's going to be one of those games where get ready. You know, the crowd's going to be rowdy, and they're going to want to put up 50. You know, that's just – that's how those offensive teams do when, they, so when they're when they slacking and when they're playing not so well. They want to put up 50 the next game. So I think, you know, the defense just have to be able to weather the storm. Offensively, you know, again, I, I want to see, you know, Keen maybe just make some more intermediate throws. I think if he can do that, you know, I think that. And, again, if they can get Bowser back and, you know, kind of kill the clock and, you know, drain out the defense and keep the offense off the field, that's the best defense you can play against the high-explosive offense, keep them off the field. So I think you're going to have to be – Effect of running the ball on offense, you know, and just be efficient, you know, and not turn the ball over. And if you can do that, you know, anything can happen, as you see.
0: Fans will be speculating. I think medias will be speculating I don't you know about Dylan Gabriel. When does he come mm-hmm. back? If he comes back. Some people wonder if he might come back for the SMU game. We have no idea as we talk right now. That being said, mm-hmm. what I'm curious about, He's been gone since Louisville. Would it be a good idea for him to even come back to play in a game like this against SMU? Are you running the risk of of rust there? How much is rust a big factor there? Kind of – what do you think about that? Because that's going to be a debate here until we know one one way or the other. Either he's out for the year or he might come back.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I don't really know the extent – I'm obviously I'm not there so I don't know right. you know the rehab he's going through I don't know how he's been practicing if he's practicing um but I mean to me football you can never just get in shape playing football until you actually play against somebody else um because you again he's a this this uh great thing about him he's playing quarterback so he doesn't take hits until game day so it's, you're not going to really know how he's going to feel Rusty, he's going to be able to make all the throws in practice if he's healthy right now He'll make all the throws in practice because he's not getting hit. Even if there's pressure, he's not going to get touched. Um, so he'll look fine in practice. I think it's one of those things where he just kind of kind of – you'll know after he gets hit if he comes back how he feels. Um, you'll know after he plays, after he gets hit. If he's playing well, then, you know, he's ready. If he's kind of shaky or if he's kind of, you know, trigger happy, you know, he might not be ready to play in this moment. But I think it's just one of those things, a quarterback, you just got to kind of – you got to see on game day. Um, Hopefully he's ready, though. You know, I think – uh but if not, you know, Mikey, he's playing well. I think, you know, as long as they have a great game plan, you know, going forward, then I think they'll be fine. Um, but if if hopefully he's uh Dylan is you know he's healthy and you don't want to rush him back if he's not. I, I can can't stress that enough though. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you know you want to beat a good SMU team, but you don't want to jeopardize a player's, you know, health in that sense. You know, if he's not ready, he could get hurt again. Right. And who know? Who knows how long he's out for after that? So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where they'll be cautious. I know uh, Ms. Mayor, who's the trainer. She's she will never put you in a situation where if you're hurt, she's not going to put you out there if, unless you're able to go. So,
0: no, I agree, and it's just interesting because a part of me wonder. Well, if he's going to play the SMU game, it might be better off he comes back, gets some snaps. It gets too late. It just kind of feels weird if he were to come mm-hmm. in. I'm not saying he will. But I'm just we try to figure out. And then if there's at some point, do they everybody just decide to, hey, let's just call it a year. Uh, and that yeah. depends on the rehab, too. But it's so wild here, Trey, because of the transfer portal and extra year of eligibility now because of COVID. Yeah, It's not like it was before. Where like, you know, it was precious to, you know, preserve a year. I don't mm-hmm. believe that's the case anymore. So. I think if he's, whenever he's ready to play, I think they're going to play him whenever, they, and I don't know if there's a, a set timetable. Do you, do you agree with me on that? Like, it may not be SMU, it may not be UCA, but I think if he is going to play again this year, they'll play him. They're not going to worry about, well, what's the point?
1: Yeah, and I mean, again, I think, you know, with the whole transfer portal and, and really quarterbacks kind of get into it, that's where you see a lot more action. I mean, the yeah. guys aren't playing, they're going to go. They're going to find somewhere to play. It's not one of those positions where, you know, there's, two or three DBs on the field or linebackers or O-linemen, it's one quarterback and that's it. You know, most of the time you're not rotating guys. You're you're going to ride out with your starter all year as long as he's playing well. So um, I think if Dylan's healthy, I think play him. You know, I think Mikey's gotten a lot of experience. That's valuable experience. And then, I mean, another thing is you start playing Dylan earlier and, I mean, he plays well. What is he thinking about, you know, going in the off season. I know he's, you know, he's thinking about the NFL. It's just realistically he's thinking about it. So – if he's playing, you know, on fire, he had expectations probably. What I was thinking is he was probably going to try to go after this year. I mean, obviously getting hurt throws a wrench into it. But, sure. again, it if, if he doesn't play the rest of the year, I don't see him being able to make that leap just because of injury concerns. So then, you know, what does Mikey do? What does uh, Gateway right. do in this offseason? Right. So I think, you know, uh, it's, it's, it'll be interesting. Um, that's why I think, you know, I just think you got to – if he, if he's healthy, let him go. I mean, unless he, yeah. he just is – intent on sitting like i'm coming back next year and i'm gonna just use my next year sure then i mean you know i think you should sit if, if that's if that's his plan he should just sit write it out you know get completely healthy and be ready for next year um but if he has any kind of you know thoughts or consideration if he's considering making that jump he's got to probably put on you know he's probably got to you know show that he's healthy and that he's back to being that guy or they're always going to have those concerns um you know why didn't you come back you know, after I think what we played Louisville week three or four. Yeah, they're going to be like you hurt and and what? It's a broken collarbone. I think that's what you got. Yep. So I mean, it's one of those things where it's going to be like, what took you so long to heal? I mean, that's one of those things where it's a it's supposed it's supposed to be like you know four to six week kind of injury, and then you get back to throwing. But again, they're gonna they're gonna ask those questions. That's just the nature of the beast. Um Well, and again, it it, it, it was a you know.
0: Everybody rehabs. Everybody kind of heals differently, and again, it's a it's a risky deal because if you, it's football's. It's 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 a violent game. You get hit again yeah. there; it's a major setback. But I think of a Trey Nixon who had a similar injury last year, exactly in the opener against exactly. Georgia Tech, and to my and he decided he came back, cleared to play against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So he came back at the end of the year, and then he went pro. So he just he made the, the leap. Yep, it's going to be and very exactly, interesting. And and
1: he went and he went uh, late in the draft, but I think yeah. you know if he gets a full year even if he might come back for, say, another year, it, that could completely change everything. So I think, you know, those decisions are tough. You know, I, I, he made the right decision because, you know, it's his decision. So there's never a wrong decision a kid makes, and I, I tell people that all the time. But um, you never know, and I just think, you know, that's one of the pressures that come with, you know, being a potential NFL guy, Um, when is the right time, especially coming off injury. And then again, you know, say Mikey Keene, these last two, three games, Is putting up, you know, four touchdowns and he's actually, you know, finally it just clicks and he grasps the playbook. Well, now you have a almost a similar to a McKenzie Dylan Gabriel situation where you have a quarterback that was really good coming back from injury, but you got a guy that's playing really well, you know, going into the offseason. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's just it's a lot to be in the quarterback room, man. It's it's a lot of not necessarily egos, but again, you only got one guy. And when you got two potentially three really good guys. You run into problems. You're gonna run into problems. So uh, well, I, I think and, it'll it'll be interesting.
0: Well, and I think too, guy. Every guy has a clock in their head, right? Like Jacob Harris. Mm-hmm. Some people were surprised he left because he could have come back. But he said, yeah. "I've done my, t- you know, I've spent enough time here. You can only you can yeah. you can only improve your stock so much." Exactly. He, took, he trusted himself in the combine and everything, and, it, mm-hmm. and, and as far as workouts, and it worked out. He got drafted by the Rams. Absolutely. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's the goal. And some guys said, you know it. Some people just think that you coming back is going to help your you know, stock. Not necessarily. No. Sometimes
1: it helps. Yeah. It- sometimes, yeah, sometimes it, it hurts your stock because they're, the longer – yeah. the my thing is the longer you stay. If, you, if you're already good and you're already making plays, just just unless you have like a personal goal. Like, for, for instance, me, I wanted to get my degree before any of that conversation happened. If you have a personal goal like that, you know, go up. for all – by all means, come back. But if your goal is like I'm trying to get the NFL – go make that leap, you know, strike when the iron's hot. I always tell people that because you come back, they're going to nitpick your game. That's just that's just the nature yep. of it. It's not necessarily you're a bad player, but they're going to try to find flaws and everything. I mean, perfect example, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, guys are like, if he comes out after his freshman year, he won the national championship. If he comes out, he'll be a top three pick. And then as the year two comes, year three comes, it's almost like, Trevor's doing this wrong. He's doing that wrong. Should he be the number one pick? You know, they're just going to start nitpicking your game more and more. Instead of seeing the great things you do, they're looking for the bad things and find reason not to, you know, draft you. So it's not always, you know, great to come back just because of that sense. So I mean, you know. But everybody, every case is different. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's where I think, you know, just talking to your coaches and, you know, talking to the right people, they'll they'll he'll he'll Dylan will have the you know, he'll make the right decision that's best for him. You know, whether he stays, whether he goes, whether anything, it's going to be the right decision no matter what, so.
0: Right, and that's what I'm saying. If he comes back and plays or he doesn't come back and plays, either way, mm-hmm. it's going to be the right decision. Exactly. Uh, and I think that's the the important thing I wanted to cross the bus. Last thing before I let you go, this team is now bowl eligible. Yep. Uh, talk about that from a player standpoint, playing in a bowl game. Uh, you know, I know people had higher expectations, but injuries played. I still think. The importance of bowl game, you know, you've talked about to me about that, about the practice time. It means you get to, you know, stay with your guys longer. If you want just talk about now, these guys will feel good that they're gonna, They're no, they know this more than likely they're going to get an extra game after the South Florida game
1: somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, it's just, just being able to hang out with your guys. I mean, we can talk about, you know, of course for the practice side of it, I remember peach bowl year, um, we got so many extra practices and not necessarily for the older guys. It was for some of the younger guys, just, you know, some of those guys that may have red shirted, they can actually, you know, we're just going to let's see what you can do. You know, we got a couple extra practices. Let's see you play live against the ones on, you know, they were threes on defense, go play against the one go. Like, you know, you've gotten a whole year. You've been a whole year on scout team working on your craft, you know, getting big in the weight room, you know, let's see what you can do. And I think, you know, I remember when we went to the Saint, the tropic, the St. Pete bowl, my freshman year, that's what coach, they, they sprung it on us. Boom. I remember one day they were like, all right, one's offense, cultural leader, one's offense. And he's like, scout team, let's go. We're live. And we're like, whoa. But, you know, now we're feeling a lot more confident because it's December now. We've been hitting weights every day. We're getting bigger, stronger, faster. And, of course, we got beat because those guys are great. But just that confidence you're able to build, we used it to carry over into spring ball. And so I think, you know, just having that opportunity is going to be good for – you know guys that might not be playing as much or guys that you know they might have you know hope for in the future um getting those extra opportunities to practice and play and develop is they're big especially you know the later you play in the year um the the further away your bowl game is the more practice time you have um but mostly like like i tell people you know just just the the relationship you have with those guys you never wanted to end you know you never want to see the seniors below you um, so you know my freshman year we got to hang out with those guys all the way through Christmas and we played uh, the 26th and then the next year we didn't go to a bowl so our we everything ended at Thanksgiving with most of those guys you know they kind of finished their degrees and they're gone um and you know it's that's just how it is and then you have times where you go to the new year's all the way to New Year's with guys so I mean I mean just those relationships being able to guarantee yourself at least one more week to you know be with your guys. You can't beat that, you know, I think and, – and what people don't understand, a lot of people don't – a lot of teams don't get bowl eligible. So, especially once you start losing six and then you get to that, you know, that seventh loss, a lot of the times, guys, they, they put that stamp like, okay, last game of the season, that's it. So, you know, I think it's just, you know – I think it's something that you can't take for granted. I don't care if you get exactly six wins or if you win all of them, you know, just having the chance to play another week with your guys, I think that's that's priceless.
0: Well then, uh, especially with this roster and the young guys, they'll just continue yeah. to grow and learn the scheme some more and the system and everything. Good, so mm-hmm. uh, that's always a good positive from that standpoint. Uh, Trey, this has been a blast once again. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, just keep bringing the wins. Every time you come, they win, so that's good. <laughs> we'll 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 try to see if we get you back either for UConn or the South Florida game later on in the year. But in the meantime, man, thanks again for uh, joining us and kind of offer your uh, your expertise on this absolutely. one and uh, be safe Ben. and we'll uh, we'll talk soon absolutely talk to you later all right folks that's trey neal joining us here on the night shift post game as ucf victorious 14 to 10 the final let's kind of go through some of your comments and questions here before we play the gus Malzon post game uh fallen hero the base legend ugly game it would have been joyous if Tulsa would have beaten Cincinnati. Boy, that was a crazy game. Cincinnati had to make two goal line stands to win 28-26. The final score, Cincinnati holds on against uh to Tulsa, excuse me. And that one. Mike Doty chiming in. Third game in a row where the defense has held the team to only one touchdown. That is correct. Defense playing well under Travis Will right now. I think you got to be pleased with the direction of this defense, although I think they're going to get tested here against smu here next week that's going to be really that one good offense they're probably going to face the rest of the way uh on that um as we've talked about obviously bowl eligibility mike uh right and wait did mike actually throw for 229 again he's like 229 magic number for mikey keen uh in his deal there Garrett weiss mentioning the fact there were some upsets today uh and he says we're good with a 10 win season uh I don't know. Well, if they could beat SMU, they'll have a shot to do that. And even with that, uh, if they, you know, they would have a shot. We'll see. We'll see. They got to certainly do a big tall order noon next week against SMU. Uh, the conference championship tiebreakers. People asking about that. Head to head is obviously a big factor there. Here's the problem they don't play Houston. So it's going to come down to probably common opponents in that scenario or rankings. Uh, but you're going to need some help. Uh, for that to happen, and uh, I'm not sure if that's very feasible, but, again, you got to just worry about what you can control, and that's winning football games, and it starts with SMU next week, as uh, UCF was very fortunate. Uh, Good defensive win, 14-10. to Deep low scoring game, pretty wild, but the Knights uh, able to figure that out uh, on this. Reminder, this is Night Shift. The post show, Eric Lopez here with you. You can subscribe to our YouTube page here at, uh, and, and make sure you like our YouTube page. We have a lot of content. We have basketball media day videos on our YouTube page right now. Make sure we have a black and for all the latest. we got men's basketball and women's basketball season to get underway. Duquesne on Tuesday. And the men will open, to, excuse me, the men will open on Wednesday. Of course, the big ones there. Women open on Tuesday, so keep that in mind uh, from that standpoint as I'm trying to load up the video right now and see if we get to that. But again, so basketball season gets going. Men's soccer tournament will get underway next weekend in Tulsa. UCF's men's soccer is a two-seed. Women's soccer waiting their fate, 4.30 on Monday. It's looking like a long shot for them to make the NCAA tournament. They haven't gotten the help they needed this week their rpi is around the 59 range according to people that kind of kind of break this down in depth and uh so we'll just see how that goes from that standpoint but uh good it's a good win and uh we'll see what happens with them so that that's kind of the story in the olympic sports going on right now and uh certainly for ucf it's uh that's going to be a tough pill to swallow for, for women's soccer. All right. We're going to play now a little bit of the Gus Malzon post game uh, here in a, in a shortly. And uh, here we go. This is the Gus Malzon post game.
2: I mean, I'm real proud of them. I think five sacks again, uh, just did a super job. Our special teams probably had their best game. We were very stressed about that kick returner. He's dynamic. And uh, of course that last, baker made the the tackle in in the open space right there made a super play i think we downed the football in the one yard line that was a huge uh play in getting this field position especially at the end uh and just did a good job on special teams offensively It was ugly uh at times uh but our guys found a way we had the touchdown call back that was a momentum killer we didn't get any points out of that that was real tough and I'm real proud of our offense. From the standpoint, they hung in there. There wasn't a lot of good things that were happening. They hung in there and they made the play at the very end. Hit Brandon right there. And We did the kind of the stack, stack we've been throwing out the perimeter on that. And Brandon sold it really good. And Mikey made a good throw. And we're three and zero, three and zero in the second half. That's the bottom line. I'm real proud of our team. Um, you know, college football wins are hard to come by. Our crowd was outstanding. I mean, our crowd willed us to win again. And it's just been so impressive. It's an unbelievable home field advantage and uh, really appreciate our, our, our fans. Questions?
0: Richard, why do you think it was so difficult running the ball tonight?
2: Uh, they were. They, they They played some odd, uh, they played some bare. Uh, they were coming from the field, they were mixing things up, they had an excellent plan. Uh, I didn't do a great job adjusting early enough to be honest with you. Um, and uh, but they, they had a good plan and uh, they did a good job
0: because they stopped the run, Mike get
2: to throw the ball a ton, yeah. Well, they were daring us to throw. I mean, that's yeah. that has something to it, too. I think he did some good things. I mean, uh, the, the third downs, a couple third downs, uh, we'd like to have back, uh, there's no doubt, uh, in the first half, but uh, he made a really good throw under pressure to Brandon. You know, they 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 came field pressure, we faked the reverse off of it. There was a guy coming, he went to the left, made a really good throw, and of course, the last one was. Excellent, uh, excellent throw also coach kind of
0: a theme for you throughout the season so far has been talking about big plays um, for the offense, but tonight the
2: defense. Stop the big plays from happening. Talk about them a little bit. Yeah, and, and they've done a good job. We we've, we've given up very few deep balls over the top. I mean, we've kept everything in front of us, and it's all about us stopping the run. When we stop the run, that's exactly what happens. And uh you know, that quarterback was back. He's been playing a lot of football. They've got two running backs I'm very impressed with. And so overall, I mean, to hold the, what we hold them to ten points. I mean, uh, that's hard to do in college football. Last week. You know, if we'd have kept our ones in, we'd have a shutout. I mean, we're, we're starting to play really, really good football and defense. Coach, you've had to endure a lot of injuries this year. I guess it's only fitting that you would go to him. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, guys, that was embarrassing there. Well, God, really. well I, it was after uh, after a big play, and I was getting ready to get the offense up. And Quadric Buller, he weighs more than 157 pounds, okay? And he smoked me and uh, went down and right there like, whoa, and uh, got back up and just kind of limped around the rest of the game, so kind of embarrassing. I'll be fine, I'll be I all right. you don't conceal injuries, but, or you don't know, reveal injuries, a knee, ankle, what is it? It's a knee, yeah, and they checked it out just a minute ago, so it was, uh, I'll be all right. Day to day or week to week? I'll be ready tomorrow, I'll be, I don't care, <laughs> I don't <laughs> care, I'm at, Yeah, I'm ready tomorrow. I'm not gonna be out for nothing. Coach, you mentioned you mentioned Brandon a couple of times tonight. How important is it to have a veteran guy like him? In your oh yeah, I mean, you know, him and O'Keefe. I mean, they they've really carried the they've carried the water for our offense. I mean, those two guys just trying to get you know uh, get them the ball different ways. And uh, but Brandon is a savvy guy. He's a veteran guy. Um, and key he's electric, you know. We would just try to figure out ways to get him the ball. Obviously, they were keying on him tonight, but he had the big one on the third down, went right by the guy, and that kind of helped us open things up uh, on third down after that. Coach, how would you describe the attitude, the identity, <clears throat> the defense has evolved over the last Yeah, they're taking on Travis's uh, personality. You know, Travis, Travis was a dynamic player himself, you know, and um, he's doing a super job. Him and the staff, our defense is growing. You've seen it each week and uh, starting to settle in. And, uh, man, we're tackling well. Uh, we're we're. We're putting pressure on the quarterback. If you remember first half, first four games, he was like, hey, we're going to be able to sack the quarterback. Well, now you can see, I mean, they're pinning their ears back and they're getting after the quarterback.
0: did you see how the Bryson Armstrong tonight? Talk about getting after the yeah. quarterback. He certainly was.
2: Yeah, I mean, Bryson's a football player. I mean, he's just an old school football player. You know, he started out at nickel. We moved him inside about four weeks ago, and he's starting to really settle in and uh, play really good football. He's also a really good special teams player. Coach, how proud are you that uh, you guys have hung in there, found a way to win yeah. games, and you're the first bowl eligible team in the state of Florida. Hey, how about that? Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Hey, bowl eligible, yeah. That's 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 a that's a good uh that's, that's good to hear right there. i really, yeah, I'm proud of our team and um you know, we've had some ups and downs. Um, you know, we're we're really close to uh, winning a couple others. We've had some tough losses. Our guys hang in there. We got champions. and I'm just so blessed that I inherited this bunch of players. Uh, they're wonderful human beings. They do everything you ask. Got a lot of winner in them. And uh, now we're set up. We got three more. We, we, we got to finish. What's, the, what, what's it mean to get to a bowl game? Uh, you know, it, it's it's that's good. And, 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 you know, especially the first year, you know, we, we've got, you get extra practices and develop your young guys. There's a lot more to it than just the actual game, Uh, but it's also a reward for our players and our fans and all that. So real exciting, a lot of positive with that.
0: Coach, he's talked a lot about uh, the um, attacking the quarterback up front and, and basically the past few games in general, after starting out the beginning of the year. It didn't have quite as many sacks. Is that kind of proof of the concept of the back half improvement you're asking for? And
2: I think, too, though, you know, at the first, you know, they were learning the defense. Okay. The the defense coaches were learning our personnel. We start settling in. We put people in the same position, and we're able to have some continuity and build upon things, and that's what you see now. As you're building the foundation for years to come, tonight's a game that could have gone the other way easily. What's a win do as you continue to... Get that yeah, here's the here's the bottom line. College football wins are hard to come by. And you always don't play your best. But good teams find a way to win those games that you may not play your best. And they pick each other up. And that's what you saw tonight. And uh, so, you know, real happy, proud of our team, um, the way that we battled. And, and we knew it was going to be a dogfight. I mean, that bunch they played Oklahoma to the, to the end. I mean, they they could have won the game and they played, played Cincinnati probably better than anybody has also. So, um, they got some good players. They got some good coaches. Um, we're, we're glad to, to win the game.
0: We saw Jalen Robinson go through a warm-up. Is yeah. he just maybe not quite there to get back out and play? Yeah,
2: yeah. He practiced two weeks ago and we just felt like no, nah, not not quite ready. He was more improved this past week, so he was available in like an emergency situation. We're hoping he makes the same progress this week and he'll be ready to go with that. Isaiah Bowser went down with that. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think it may have been an ankle or something like that. I mean, he's battled. And Johnny gave us a good spark when he came in. Mark Anthony on the fourth and one. It was fourth and one. They knew we were getting the ball. Our line did a good job, and Mark really drove his feet. That was a big play in the game, you know, because you kind of think, hey, do we kick a field goal there or do you go ahead and, you know, our mentality and our offensive guys, let's, let's, let's win the game. Forget about tying it.
0: Did you make it the
2: Spirit Splash yesterday? Yeah. How did you yeah. like that? Yeah. I am first of all, I was completely shocked there'd be that many people out there when it's pouring down rain. And uh went out there like, wow, this is a special place, you know. And so uh, you know, and they say when it's sunny there's twice as many people. I don't think you I don't know how you'd fit twice as many people, but it was uh, it was a great experience. What's the
1: say about Mark Anthony, you know, not
2: really paying much money coming in and get that thing for Yeah, yeah. Mark, you know, he's been there. He's been there when our teams needed him. And, uh, you know, he's a young back that's growing, and, uh, you know, he, he's always ready. Okay, thank y'all. Thank y'all. All
0: right, that was Gus Malzahn's his post-game press conference following UCF's win. He's okay after that little injury scare. I know Garrett Weiss was worried about him. He asked about how's Gus doing. Now you got your answer on that. So uh, that'll be uh, – that's good. So that's a good win there for the Knights. 14-10 to is the final there. All right, that will do it for this edition of Night Shift. reminder to subscribe to our YouTube page. We'll have more shows like this, as well as content, post-game pressers, and things like that. Basketball season getting underway, as I've mentioned, and uh, much more. We'll, thankfully, listen to the other sports uh, for UCF as it gets going, as well, with men's soccer trying to win a conference championship. Volleyball doing very well. Fellow Black and for all the latest. Follow us, uh, like us on Facebook, and uh, as well as on Twitter. Make sure you go to our Twitter page as well. A lot of a little bit of a drama there. Well, I won't, I'm not going to get into it. What happened there? Because, well, quite frankly, I still don't know what happened. But nonetheless, uh, our Twitter handle is UCF Banneret underscore SBN. So that'll do it for this edition. we glad you jo- uh, tuned in. Thanks to Trey Neal for joining us here on the program once again. And uh, reminder that certainly we have a chance to have this show again next week. Andrew Glukoff and Kyle Nash will be hosting the SMU postgame. release scheduled to, and uh, we are scheduled to have Aaron Evans on that show. And uh, as you heard, hopefully we'll have Trey back for the home games finales against UConn in south florida we'll keep you updated on that so uh for training i'm eric lopez we hope you've enjoyed this edition of night shift final score one more time ucf 14 and two lane 10 this has been night shift on the black and gold bannerette